0: Incova Insurance. This week, or today even, on the WWE Network, WWE finally released what everyone has been asking for. You know, screw those, like, 90s thunders or anything else that they have in their weird archive. They finally dropped WWE ECW, and joining me to talk about it is the man that was there at the time, actually writing the television show, Dave Lagana. How you doing, Dave?
1: I'll just start with I'm sorry.
0: Oh, you're just going to apologize for all of us Well, hey, here's
1: the thing. This was some of the most fun And obviously, I think if you look at the 2006 stuff, you know, it was almost a tale of two two companies, because I was there, obviously, for the first part of 2006, which could be categorized the Heyman era, and then the 2007, which, ironically, or funny enough, was Dusty Rhodes, Shawn Michaels, and I, which I think I've told the Shawn story years ago, but I can tell it when we get to it. So, hello.
0: So, how, when you were like assigned ECW because you were writing SmackDown before this, weren't you? Yes. So yes. When, when you were when like did moved I find to out? ECW, was it just like were you were you enthusiastic? Was it? Well, it's it's funny if,
1: if I mean God, what was this now? Eleven years ago, right? I mean, it's actually probably yeah, eleven years ago, around this time, I'd been running SmackDown for four years, five years when I start. I took it over in '03, so I had three full years of writing SmackDown. I was just actually talking to Brian Gortz about this when I saw him in New York a couple of weeks ago and it's just like nobody knows how hard that job is. When you're when you're pitching Vince week in week out and I did it for 3 full years on SmackDown and you know he did it on Raw for upwards of 11 years. It it just gets to be grinding. So by by that point in SmackDown they were grooming Alex Greenfield who has a podcast I believe on mlw.com, you know, to take over my job. And what's funny is is they didn't tell any of us what they were doing until after the fact so you know that when when ECW came up they're like listen we want you to help Paul and make sure that the show gets done and you know he people have pontificated that I was put there to babysit him but we, we, he and I always worked well together he trained me the first year so I was there to make sure the show got done because it was a high priority and i don't remember what the license fee or whatever but it was obviously a big deal because before this You know, it was developed originally to be a internet-only show. And in early meetings, it's funny now to watch sort of the evolution of YouTube because I think this show came on. Was that the year YouTube debuted? Was it two thousand six? You know, we we were we had we had a meeting where we discussed doing the show a segment a day, which is kind of funny because that's basically what YouTube is now. Like, imagine this show, but a new segment dropped every day. So, Seg One, Seg Two, it was, it was shockingly designed to be ahead of its time, uh, in a lot of its thing as a digital daily brand, as opposed to just a one-hour digital show. Uh, so that was the original incarnation. And then, when Sci Fi came in, it became what it, I guess, was or is or shall, shall ever be known as. So, uh, so yeah, I was basically transitioned the week of it happening. I actually think I even wrote the, la- the SmackDown show that aired the same night as the zombie ECW show, but then I got transitioned over. I started writing with Paul the second show, so I take zero credit for the first show, although I am the writer of record on the zombie promo. So, rah, you're welcome. Did you, did you script the R's? Um, well, it's funny. I, I, Bruce Pritchard talked about it on his podcast. We talked about ECW. Originally, it was an alien. The network did not like it. The decision to change it was that day. And I remember, I don't know if it was the guy who was playing the alien was also the guy that played the zombie who was no longer with us. But it went from being an alien. Then it was like, well, somebody from cable television is going to welcome ECW back. So we had like a chef, uh, like a chef character. So they ran a grab chef thing. And I think it was Paul or I don't want to assign credit on who came up with the zombie. But it <laughs> um, You know what's funny? I actually was watching that clip today. Somebody put up a gif of it. It shockingly was a lot closer to a lot of the stuff they used to do with 911 in early ECW, which is funny. People hated on it. But if you go back and watch 911 early segments, they used to send out a guy in a New Jersey Devils, uh, what do you call it, jersey, a hockey jersey, and 911 would come chokeslam him. They sent out Jungle Jim Steele once. And he got choke slammed by nine one one. So the idea with Sandman caning this ridiculous character was shockingly a lot closer to the original ECW than some people would admit. But uh, yeah, I I don't think I actually wrote. I think we just put uh, zombie groans. And I don't think the format. I don't know if we ever changed it to say zombie in the format. And this is where I wish I actually had. All my old formats from then. The only format, shockingly, I still have from WWE is the Atlanta, Georgia, Austin Walks Out format, which I found over Christmas. So I don't have a lot of my old uh, ECW formats.
0: You were writing ECW on a WWE show. Was there like a pressure to recreate the old vibe of ECW or do your own thing or find the middle ground? It uh, it was a weekly fight. <laughs>
1: just say that. <laughs> you know, Paul, you know... I think you know, and this has been covered over and over again. So I I won't speak too much to Paul's thoughts because you can, I'm sure, find it in many places that he's done interviews. It was pretty. uh, Like I think if you go back and watch the Hammerstein Show, um, and and my timing might be off because I think the Hammerstein Show actually took place after the RVD arrest. If you remember, the RVD arrest came. I mean, how many weeks in? Not even like so. It was uh, the show debuted on June 27th, right? So I think. Two shows had gone by. Three, three shows before the RVD arrest and the, and the brand pivoted when Big Show uh, when they did the, the angle with Heyman and Big Show. I mean, literally, ECW one, RVD was champion. Two, I guess. I am just looking at the thing. Kurt Angle and RVD take on Randy Orton and Edge in the main event, and then three was Edge plots taking. I mean, literally, this was a WWE show. So um, it, 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 remember, the first show did a number. It did like two point two. It did a two point two rating. I yeah, believe.
0: I think it was even harder than that. It was a two point eight.
1: Think about that number. Yeah, or whenever. So, so I mean, is it's it's unique oxygen. Now, I don't remember what the viewers were. I, again, wish I would have saved all of this information because the the ratings information is a little different. But yeah, I think what's interesting if you were to kind of lay NXT over top of this sort of if you if you literally cuz the, the original idea with ECW was for it to be very much like NXT and if you look at it it kind of is that's with what it the idea anyway, that, yeah well no if you just even look at what NXT now is uh former TNA people and hot independent rookies plus developmental yeah so what what is this
0: this is former ECW people hot independent rookies and developmental yeah just so it's of, it's literally w for TNA basically yeah
1: Which is ironic and it's, you know, and and that's basically the direction we really pushed it in 2007 after Paul flamed out and I had a very tumultuous one month transition period, you know, that that I've I've written about in the past. But, you know, it, it was it was probably the biggest challenge because, you know, having written Smackdown and then obviously having to take over ECW and. I remember sitting in a meeting with Vince and Kevin Dunn, and I think Michael Hayes, and everything after Paul had been gone, and they just they were hating on it so bad. I'm like, guys, drop the letters. You hate it. Y'all hate it. Just call it Tuesday Night Extreme, like Friday Night Smackdown, and just and just moved on. They're like, no, the the, the network has bought this. I was like, but every week we're just we're just killing on it like even on air it just got to be a point where just like what was the point of it so you know the brand had a pivot which is funny again it led into the de- the you know the debut of NXT eventually you know it was it was i don't think there was i don't think anybody would say there was one moment that was authentic or one full show that was authentic to the original ECW i think the original one night stand was but even the second one was not authentic to it and it, i mean it's a shame because it if today if they had said that NXT, or I guess let's say three years ago, NXT was going to be a third brand on cable television. I think there'd be a lot of excitement, but I also think it probably would have had the same fate if it would have had to deal with the same uh, altitude and oxygen that this brand had to.
0: Was the resentment just because of the ECW name, which is, it's it's kind of an oxymoron that you bring back this ECW name because people really like it, but then you just kind of resent it because it's ECW.
1: Well, you have to understand there's – I mean, the wounds of, of ECW were only five years old. And a lot – I mean, again, look at the amount of talent. And, and this was even after the Dudleys left and Rhino. You know, there was still a lot of ECW talent on the roster. And, again, this is 11 years ago. Uh, it's it's shockingly very similar to TNA with a lot of the talents that were very over five years prior with, with this brand. And, in, you know, seven to some, you know, still could go to a point – and Vince bought it and it was it was <laughs> it, it's very interesting and again paul's a very bombastic person you know this was his baby um, i won't i won't say if say dixie sold tna to wwe and they were going to do this now you know after a sale that, that that it wouldn't have gone the same way but i think you all know it would do you know what i mean if tna was on wwe tv i guess it technically is but you know it, it would be managed exactly the same
0: so the the brand like the infamous infamously is is the, the December member pay per view, which I think is roundly criticised as one of the worst pay per views of all time. Yep. and the, the you're the, welcome, the, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, you did that, you did that to us, today.
1: I'm sorry again, <laughs> uh, sorry. So, but uh, like
0: after after that, the entire show did kind of pivot overall. It just stopped being like it. It had the ECW name and the title, but it stopped trying to be ECW.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know a lot of things had happened, and and ultimately it needed to. Although we did end up doing the New Breed story, which again got us through the summer and into the. So you see, for me, that the the my time there was almost three chapters because the first chapter was the original ECW, the second was the New Breed ECW original story, and then the third was the post draft when we got Miz Morrison. Man, Big Daddy V. I, I, I like that draft so much because we restocked in a unique way. We took a lot of cast-offs and ended up making them uh, mean a lot very quickly.
0: Would it be frustrating? And like you you obviously wrote for SmackDown as well before this. But where if you, you kind of do the legwork in terms of heating somebody up and you know they're, they're doing well on your show and then they kind of just swoop in and say, we're going to take him, bring him to Raw, and we're going to give you a Big Daddy V in return. Would that ever be frustrating?
1: Uh, to a point, but uh, um, we're all being paid by the same people. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't my business, meaning I didn't own ECW. I didn't pay the guys. It wasn't my ultimate decision. My job was to manage it. And I think that's where sometimes people go a little off the reservation is, is it's Vince's money. And he ultimately has final say, and he gets to decide what it is. So it, was it disappointing? Uh, A little bit, but also I knew what we did for people and then saw them go over to another brand and whatever happened was on them. Now, I was also still there. So, you know, or if somebody went from SmackDown to Raw, like we're all we all were on the same team. I think the narrative has been pushed a little uniquely as far as, um, you know, oh, this guy ruined that guy. It's still the same company. All the same people sit in the same room. It's not it, it was never I mean, we had separate writing teams. But on a, on a show day, we all were in the same room and everyone gave their opinion. So it's, you know, it, it sometimes is, the, is the, the pressure of the day. I mean, Monday is a much more pressury day than a Tuesday, or it used to be. And when he came to ECW, you know, Brian would be able to pitch Raw to Vince on a Thursday. You know, he would get four hours set aside. Uh, SmackDown would get two and a half hours on Friday. And I would get what was left. On a on a Friday after Vince has been meetinged out, so sometimes I would literally get five minutes to pitch him a main event, to then make sure that Kevin Dunn could make a commercial that would air on Raw, and then four out of six times <laughs> that main event would change the next day. <laughs> so, um, but hey, it, guess what? It it, it was. A hell of a learning experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. I have nothing bad to say about it because ultimately, again, Vince has got a billion dollars. I have a little bit less, just a little. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's really unique. And uh, I think I sent this tweet out last night after Great Balls of Fire. I said the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making sure we all really liked a show called Great Balls of Fire. So, <laughs> I mean, he is, he is a unique genius in one way. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting story to kind of follow.
0: I think one of the most interesting things about ECW how it was that like you'd get people in for a week.
1: I yeah, think. the guest the guest star thing, which I think really kind of uh, did it start as early. I mean, well, it, it it launched with that, right? I mean, you had Edge and and uh, Cena because they were tied together with RVD, and then
0: you had Kane in I there think, at times.
1: Well, Flair. I mean, the famous Flair match. That
0: Flair Big Show match is fantastic.
1: On July 11th, you know, a lot of people have a lot of varying opinions on that show. Is that the one? I think one of these shows, uh, I very don't think I've ever told this story. Paul Heyman, Brian Gewirtz, Ed Koski, and I drove home because the plane had been fogged in. We were somewhere in Virginia, and I think it was the July 11th show. It was the whatever show Big, J- Big Dick Johnson debuted and danced with Sandman, which I think it was July 11th. We drove from somewhere in Virginia, which I think was Roanoke, back to Stanford. It was like an, a nine-hour drive, and they gave us the tapes the SmackDown tapes to be edited because was, whatever was happening, the plane wasn't gonna be able to take off till one o'clock. And this was when SmackDown was taped on Tuesday and they had to turn the show around for for the network the next day. I think SmackDown it had moved to Friday, I believe. So, but still, obviously, you know, them getting the tapes at three o'clock or four o'clock and, and dubbed and transferred was not as good. So they gave Paul Heyman and I and Brian Gowertz and Ed Kosky the tapes to SmackDown after that show. I, I, we we joked on the way of like, like what happens if something happens. So it was just a really unique thing, and it was actually I think after that big show, uh, show, or maybe it was the next week. I don't remember. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of uh, PTSD with some of this stuff. So, well, it's just I don't. I mean, I, I'd have to go back, and it's funny. Uh, the Botchamania guy has been going through these episodes already, and I'm like, oh yeah, we did that on that show. And there's a lot of not great segments. You know, I don't know how many times Stevie Richards wrestled. Uh, God knows who. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of those, but there is some gems. You know what I mean? I think there's some really interesting stuff. We had Booker T on? I don't God, I don't remember this at all.
0: Undertaker was so, one week as well, wasn't he? Uh, Did a big was show he? match? Did he?
1: Well, Bat- so. definitely there's the famous Batista. There's the famous Batista big show match from the Hammerstein, which is the show Punk debuted. Um, I, don't remember, I don't remember Taker, but if you believe it, I believe it. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It's funny that they dropped it today. I, I don't know, if, no rhyme or reason, but it's uh, it, it's it's definitely part of my canon. So, I think that's Kelly Kelly.
0: Yeah, so. that, that's probably all of your WWE run. Probably is on the network at this stage, is it?
1: I, I think it is. I think everything from my whole career is on there. Yeah, Eventually, yeah. they'll probably buy ROH and the TNA library, and they'll have it all.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just your whole career in one place to relive.
1: Well, obviously, at some point, I'm getting royalties based upon current information, so I'll wait.
0: So today's a happy day for you, so
1: (laughs) is it? Well, no, I'm saying there isn't. I mean, WWE, I mean, it was never discussed royalties or credit or any of that stuff. That's my bad joke. Yeah, so I mean, I I really, you know, I look back fondly because I I was pretty burnt out by the year three or four of writing SmackDown, so uh, the pressure was not as strong, you know, to, to, to do this show. It was important, though. You know, remember, we had Lashley, you know, uh, the Lashley move and the Trump thing. And, you know, we moved Lashley over to, to ECW before any of the Trump stuff began. But, like, there was all a lot of good stuff. Like the, I just pulled up the February 27th episode where the uh, Umaga throw Lashley through the cage or vice versa, that spot that ended, like, to this day, it's one of my favorite spots it's of the Lash- entire run.
0: Lashley jumped into the cage or something, wasn't it?
1: I think so. And I think they tried to replicate it. Or we tried to replicate it at TNA. I, I, I don't know. But what was unique was that it was on a... I remember because it was in San Jose. So it's February 27th. Um, that, that opened the show. Like, we, we did ECW first because it was a West Coast. So we, we shot that. That show started at 7. So that was 10 Eastern. So we, like, on West Coast, we would do ECW first. I think we did the Garden ECW episode first as well. For some reason, I think... Maybe because we did the Garden Show on a Sunday. I just remember we did ECW first at the Garden, which was if – if I would have told you in 1999 that ECW would broadcast a show from Madison Square Garden, everybody thought we were nuts. I think actually we did it in front of a Raw. I think that's why it was. Like There were some times that we would do the ECW show in front of Raw, and it would be taped. But I don't remember exactly all those things. But I mean, if you look at the talent, I mean Elijah Burke, uh, Punk, Marcus Corvan. You know, you love Monty Brown. Um, Who
0: doesn't love Monty Brown?
1: Well, I mean, he was. Uh, h- think about it. His WWE run was six months. Yeah, more or less. Is he dis. Well, I hate to use the word disappeared, but he disappeared after week after the Benoit stuff. Yep. Um, actually, I think it was the week. I think it was the week after it was. He was supposed to appear on the show. The Great Collie won the world title. It was. It was. Uh, I think it was Laredo. Um, And just, you know, and nobody had heard from him. And then finally somebody got him on the phone and think about this is the week after Benoit and you just your brain goes to a weird place. But, you know, he was fine, but he only had a five month run. You know, I think he had, I mean, I can't name one really like landmark match, except maybe that Extreme Rules match the night after WrestleMania. Yeah, the
0: eight man tag, Um, which you totally should have booked on WrestleMania, by the way.
1: Uh. It was discussed. They didn't. They didn't want to have all those toys and craziness on WrestleMania. They didn't, wanted to save it for the other matches.
0: Didn't want so. ECW stealing the show.
1: Uh, I think they didn't want that match to have all the toys because again, it was. I mean, it made the most sense, right? You know what I mean? It's the biggest show of the year,
0: and the TV oh, match also... is much better than the WrestleMania match.
1: Oh, and the, the TV match was awesome. I remember Dusty being really excited by that one. Like, I won't do my Dusty impression, but I mean that. Like, nothing screamed. More mid eighties Crockett than that, you know, mixture of ECW and mid eighties Crockett that he really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, I, again, I'm sorry for Extreme Expose, but um, <laughs> I just saw that their picture pop up. By the way, I, I remember even back then when people would be. I mean, you'd read long diatribes in um, in uh, what do you call it in in websites and all this stuff about how horrible it was. It was one minute of the show every week. Yeah. 1 minute and, and like and by the way that that 1 minute always spiked up and again when your job is to get ratings it's you know anything you do for 1 minute and i i don't i think it's funny that you know all of them actually ended up doing decently in the business you know usually if if you have an act like that it's like oh two of the three or one of the three but all ended up having pretty decent long careers i mean Brooke adams is still wrestling in some form or fashion, Layla retired and Kelly's retired, but she, I mean, if she wanted to, she'd still be working.
0: She could walk back so. in that door tomorrow. Yeah,
1: exactly. There's a picture of Vince and balls. Mahoney. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll share a little, I'll share a little, this, this might be the saddest, uh, you know, now these past, and I, in the, the Kelly, Kelly balls, Mahoney story. I think now people can relive all of it. I think it went like 13, maybe 14 weeks. And maybe I'm misguessing, but it was, you know, it was the longest running storyline of the year in WWE. And I mean, remember he gave her the bear, which is that picture of me and Dusty. We we argued over that bear for hours. Um, Why? And
0: what was the what was? Well, he, was the he bear? Did,
1: Dusty thought it was silly. I thought it was very. Like, you remember Balls Mahoney was in um, Smoky Mountain? I don't remember what his name was, but he had a cat, and they did the angle where the. Yeah, Chris Candido leg dropped the cat. I thought, okay, that's too far. But Balls was lovable. And, you know, him doing sweet things for this woman. And, um, you know, eventually Vince got tired of the bear storyline too. So I wasn't going to die on the bear hill. And we were in Detroit. And Vince had the Miz kick the bear into the audience. And it was sad. I wanted, I wanted him eventually to burn the bear in front of, you know, Kelly and Balls. But he just had him kick it. So... Shockingly enough, about a year ago, the guy who caught the bear tweeted me. It was right after Dusty died, and he still has the bear still has the balls mahoney's t- shirt He's just some guy in Detroit that has this weird balls Mahoney bear that Dusty and I argued about for hours. Um, so it's funny. I didn't think about that until I literally just saw Kelly holding the balls bear here on September eighteenth two thousand seven so this is a rambling episode. I apologize, but this is this is a lot this is a lot of e c w to take in at once, right yeah. I mean there were like I think probably the best you know the the, the moment when punk beat uh, Morrison you was know, September 4th yeah like it was his last chance again that was an episode we taped on a Sunday uh and I think I wrote a, I wrote an article about it years ago where you know Morrison and a lot of the talents had gotten I think that was the wellness where they got like 27 guys at once yeah. so it was an interesting story. Here's punk, the straight edge guy that was having to basically step in and help the company after the Benoit stuff. And after the straight edge stuff to be kind of the straight edge face of this brand. And I I honestly don't know what would have happened if that didn't happen. I'm not going to say his career wouldn't have, uh, still gone the same trajectory, but I mean, it definitely helped his career to get that moment. And, uh, you know, his, his, his struggles went far beyond ECW. Um, you know, as he moved forward in his career. But, you know, a lot of the early fights were in that ECW brand.
0: You had people like Armando Estrada.
1: Yeah, the, well, the Armando thing, when did he debut? He debuted at some point in this run. Well, he was sitting at home. He could talk. He had a catchphrase that everybody knew. And I remember we pitched for like three or four weeks, and it just, like, they didn't want to do it. I'm like, you're paying him to sit at home. What does it hurt eventually somebody will beat him up and then you can be done with it but like when you have a brand that's very limited on its talent roster and you have a guy sitting at home who could talk like to me it just made the most sense in the world and i'd have to go back and look and see when he debuted i think even the way we debuted him was so left-handed like he was just in the ring and it was announced that he was the gm i don't even think we did it right um so i always liked armando i thought he was very he had a very unique gimmick, and I always thought there was a place for somebody like that on a brand, especially one like ECW. Um, but then they they brought him up when he even was with the Umaga. They didn't want him to do his stuff that got him over. So, but I wasn't involved then. So, so anyway,
0: is it easier to write a one hour show? Like it is it, from,
1: from a workload
0: standpoint, it probably is. But
1: I mean, from a pure hours, yes. I mean, there this I had. You don't hear about people's computers crashing as much. I think Macs have pretty much fixed that. But there were, I want to say, three or four times that I was writing SmackDown and, like, just the computer would crash. And, it like, you'd save it and it was gone. This was, like, weird mid-2000s Microsoft issues. And I didn't think about, you know, saving and dropping on a thumb drive, which I think we had thumb drives then. I don't remember. Flopters. But, like, I'm trying to remember. I had a really cool... I had, like, a really nice IBM ThinkPad. It was very light, which I always enjoyed. Um, but I was, I was writing an episode once, and it just – the whole thing vanished. It just was gone. And, like – so I ha- I remember having to rewrite it from scratch from my brain. And I, I was able to write the whole thing pretty much out in about 45 minutes, like, just because I was so angry and I let the adrenaline. But, yeah, I mean, writing a SmackDown – and Vince had rules – about the way, like, well, it had to be, it, you couldn't write in first person. So, like, like you can't have edge says and then comma and then put it in quotes. You couldn't write like that. I'd have to, like, like you weren't allowed to write, allowed to write dialogue. So you had to write everything in sort of summary. And you couldn't go back and forth between tenses. And, like, he, it was like a, a midterm. I'm like, the only people who are ever going to see it is us. So he was very much a stickler. So you had to follow a lot of rules which I think has been hammered home heavily on various things across the years. So like when we used to write the impact one, some scenes were written out sort of they they like we weren't really kind of sticklers. Like if sometimes I'd write the dialogue and sometimes I wouldn't, it just didn't, but to slow the process down to have rules for a script that, you know, isn't being registered with the writer's guild, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. But yeah, the one hour show, it was easy. And a lot of times, we would the, the, Vince would get to the meeting, look at the show, go no, we're not doing this. <laughs> uh, the one that I was able to famously keep that he wanted to tear it from scratch was the Halloween show. I think it was the Monster Mash, uh, October thirtieth, which I think might be my favorite because it was so ridiculous. That was the show. Uh, Dreamer dressed up as Polly. He had a hardcore match, I think, with Nunzio, who was a vampire, um, <laughs> I think, or Dracula. Uh, CM Punk took kids trick or treating backstage. This was on Long Island, uh, and then we did the Monster Mash. I remember we got there that day, and you know, we tried to plan like we had built this up for a week. And Dusty loved the Monster Mash Battle Royal because it was very similar to the Chamber of Horrors, and you know, like we built all these packages, and like it was like a two week build. We get there, Vince goes, "I don't want to do this match. It's stupid." <laughs> Just like okay, but I mean like. And, I I, think, I, and I, I I won't do the, well, it drew a number, bro, but I, I think it did well. You know, it was a unique main event. Um, I mean, think about it. It was The Great Khali, Kane, Big Daddy V, and Mark Henry. I mean, like, I, that one I probably will watch today in my free time. Is that, like, like, and that, that there's something else on that show. I think the Hardys were on that show, too. Like, it was really a unique show.
0: Um so uh, I enjoyed that one a lot. So, uh. like, what? Like, I'm not gonna say ECW didn't matter, but like in the grand scheme of things, did it matter if you did a monster mash match or not?
1: Uh, there there's pride. You know what I mean? Like, not,
0: I don't mean the sense that you put out something bad on, but it's just like it's ECW. Well, I,
1: I, I you have to remember though, it was on television. It, it, yeah. NXT gets a pass at times. I mean. I think if you go back and look at, like, we ran angles, like, literally, there's, there's the, the Miz standing with three girls. We gave the think about that. Would they give anybody three girls now? I guess he's got three people in his Miz but, you know, uh, you had Miz, Layla, Brooke Adams, and Kelly Kelly, and the the Balls Bear and Balls Mahoney in weekly segments. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it mattered to us, and you know, Dusty was a very prideful man. You know, like he He really took he t- we had we had our bumps early in our relationship, but as soon as he he liked being the head coach and i think he did really well at n x t and if you if you look at all the guys that he mentored down there and came through he created helped create a lot of amazing characters in n x t and he was doing the same here i mean big daddy v was all him, and big daddy v should have been a much bigger character that he went on to be when you bring up like oh moving a talent like we were again big daddy v came to e c w uh, july 4th of that year and he was off the brand by um i think december they brought him over to work undertaker on smackdown we had gotten him over in three months and he was think about it It was the viscera guy you know what i mean like for years and we turned him into a monster in three months am trying to think who else like boogeyman i i i'm sorry i like boogeyman i always love boogeyman <laughs> um I, people will make fun of it because he never had a match over one star um but he was a character, and I I, I like characters. So you know, uh, the brand had a lot, and then the Miz and Morrison. I mean, like those guys, nobody wanted. They, I mean, it was like the draft, and it was like, do you guys just want them? Like, I didn't even have to trade. It was just like, do you guys want these two? And, and you know, Morrison, I think, was a little bit higher profile anyway at the time. But you know, Miz was like a like a do not hire. Like let's like he had been doing jobs. I think he lost the Undertaker in like a minute. Like two weeks before or in that period like he he, he really i think he was he flourished and i think everyone thought morrison was going to be the the better all-around guy and i th- I think they both have done amazing and i like that period i think really helped their careers so it did matter to me i mean the, the show always mattered to me even when it was like it doesn't matter pal you know it did i mean even shelton got i forgot shelton got rebranded as the gold standard uh in that period too um you know, we're trying to, like, remake guys.
0: In the post-Ma Benjamin era, that was a little necessary.
1: Yeah, and, and Shelton, Shelton. I like Shelton a lot, and I've worked with him in a lot of places. And, you know, I think he's, I, I wouldn't call him a miss. I just, you know, I, I think he, he never really got, I mean, I had, he had plenty of chances. I just, you know, I think he should have been bigger, so.
0: Yeah, there's just some people who it doesn't work out for. So, so we look at, there's, obviously, you, your run is up until the middle of 2008, isn't it?
1: yeah uh no it was uh right before the rumble right so, before the rumble so it was eight. it was the Cha- <laughs> uh, the chavo guerrero title switch was right before my end so
0: so yeah basically everything after
1: that isn't your fault but yeah uh, most of, it, probably if you want to blame me go ahead i don't i'm joking <laughs> i love i love blame i'll take it i so. re-
0: like i really like the show i remember like even like people like kofi showed up right around that year as well and, you know, you had people like Miz and Morrison and like people like Christian uh, after your era and, and like Yoshitatsu has never looked as good as he looked on ECW. It,
1: what happened was, and I think Ed Koski took over after I left, but like first year Jack Swagger was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I loved that dude then. You know what I mean? He like Christian was great on that show. Um, you know, Zack Ryder up until the woo 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 stuff, that was the best stuff he ever did. A lot of well, because what it was is was you can ask from Paul Birchall to Shane Helms, they weren't bothered. And it's very similar, again, to NXT, that the guys just get to go out and just try stuff. And I think even now if you look at, like, Talking Smack or whatever, when you when you ease up on the pressure, you'd be su- surprised the talent that rises. And when somebody sucks, they suck on their own. They don't need help sucking. So, um, And trust me, there was a lot of talents who sucked you know, and who do, couldn't get over it. But the, but the audience tells you. And I think that's, if the business heads that way, I think, and what's funny is, is ECW has launched as this original online content brand. I think there's room in the marketplace for a brand like that.
0: Especially like, maybe there might, it might not have worked in 2006, but there sure as hell is place for it in 2017.
1: Well, I mean, especially for, if you, if you were to run this brand as an online only and take it off the network, because, again, I don't even remember. I think it was going to be a free show. I, I, there was, like, it was going to be a free show on WWE.com. Because, remember, YouTube was about six weeks old. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go look. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it was going to be really experimental. And then they, and then, remember, they, they, put it on the, they put the show on the website, but they wouldn't call it ECW. They called it the letter X-Stream. So all the, all the marketing materials on the website said, X, watch X-Stream but didn't have any ECW logos. And I, I assume they did that because, again, ECW was the only brand that they digitally didn't – USA didn't own the rights to. They could do whatever they wanted to. And so it was just really unique that – I remember getting in a somewhat of a disagreement with the guy that ran uh, WB.com, uh, Brian Kalinowski, about that. And uh, I'm like, you don't even – you have ECW. You can promote it, and you, you call it something differently. So it's confusing and – he said, well, maybe if the show was better, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And by the <laughs> that, way, at the time... That's
0: a cheap shot.
1: <laughs> well, I said, and by the way, WrestleZone is getting more unique visitors than uh, than WWE.com at the time, which was true. So, I mean, like, this was this was a very um, spirited disagreement with the two of us, so...
0: And, like, especially, uh, like, if you look at Miz and Morrison during that era, it was the online show. It was the dirt sheet that gathered their momentum in the first place.
1: Yep. I mean, and, and that's the point, and... I'm, I'm not shy on my Twitter or anywhere talking about talents taking more control and, and Miz and Morrison uh, really did that. John Cena, people forget about five questions with John Cena. You wonder why John Cena is so over with so many people because he used to answer questions of fans every week. Brooklyn Brawler used to produce that. I, 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 it never gets mentioned like that ground game that Cena put in very early on really helped him. And I think, I will get off my soapbox after this. If talents stop sticking their hands out, uh, asking for money all the time, and they actually like – and just gave more to the fans, they in the long run, it will pay out. So uh I will end my diatribe on that.
0: You just got to look at Zach Ryder with the the YouTube show. You could look at the Elite now with the YouTube show. Yep. It's just reaching – a- Reaching the audience in different ways without as you said it, they'll they'll give you money in the end. the elite are are not not wanting for cash at the moment, but like they just provide some extra content for people
1: and by the way, they could charge for that show they could they could but but they're smart enough, and I've talked to them both about it they get it, and you know it and their numbers steadily grow as they get more subscribers and by the way, they shoot it on their phone yeah on their phone they don't like when I shoot my stuff. You know I put a lot of you know I have three cameras and i you know i, I like they, they literally shoot it and edit it as they go, and they don't have a a video guy they learned how to use iMovie on their phone so I wish I would have dove into this a lot sooner than now, but it's really not that hard there's there's a website that can teach you really anything and it's it's called google and if if you used it to, to google uh how to do stuff, you'd be surprised what you can learn. Teach yourself. I retaught myself uh, online editing in the last two years, and I have a lot to learn. But guess what? I don't need to hire an editor anymore, and I, I get to save that money. So,
0: so there are anyway. four. All right, years I told you.
1: To... Get me off my soapbox.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll pivot so. back to ECW. There are four years uh, of episodes. Obviously, you're two and a bit. Uh, any episodes you recommend people digging into this? It's 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 obviously overwhelming. Well, obviously the
1: monster, the monster mash, which was uh, October thirtieth, two thousand seven. Um, I would say the September 4th, 2000 episode, uh, when punk won the title,
0: which that, um, that, that magic I is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's on this episode, but the thumbnail makes me want to watch it. The August 21st, 2007 episode, there's a picture of balls, Mahoney and Vince McMahon. I don't remember this scene, but I would watch it. Um, yeah. You also have to remember that I don't. I, I assume it is on here. I'd be curious if Vince's speech is on here. The day after Benoit, we did a live episode of ECW, so that would have been June, June 26th. 26? Yeah. So that started with Vince's. Uh, you'll never hear the name Chris Benoit ever again. I'm curious if that is on that episode. I know it ran on SmackDown as well that week, but this show aired that episode. The ECW fifty five aired. Uh, under twenty four hours after the you know the news broke, so that was uh that was from San Antonio. Let me look what else. Obviously, the night after WrestleMania, uh, with the uh, what do you call it match? Is it was at the April third? So ECW forty three, and then, um, Vince McMahon versus RVD. And I I, I I'm going to save this story for another time, but. Um, that was one of the, there was a, we had a, I think it was the May 1st episode. Vince did the entering with all the ECW guys, pitted them against each other, that the winner would face Vince next week. And then the May 8th was Vince and RVD. And that was, I remember an argument I or disagreement I had with Vince. He goes, well, we're, we don't have to do the match. He advertised it. The whole show the week before was building to it. If you didn't want to do it or you didn't want to fight RVD, you should have picked Dreamer. You know what I mean? Like, like he didn't, like he wanted to just cancel the match and just not even address it. And I understand. Like, uh, I think the idea of Vince getting in the ring with RVD was unique. Um, I don't. Again, I don't remember if it drew, but uh, <laughs> it was unique. So I'm trying to think what else in those. I think those are the ones I would really go out of your way. There is one, what I believe would be the. I want to watch the one from Little Rock, which I think was January 16th, 2007. Um, I think that was the. I, I want to watch that one because. Uh, that was called the worst hour of pro wrestling ever produced by the company. So who, who uh, called it that uh, many people on a plane uh, <laughs> and I had to had to take credit for it. So I don't remember. I, I remember just the matches were really bad. I mean, and it was all Monty I, Brown's I, fault. <laughs> well, I don't think he wrestled. Maybe he did wrestle. I don't remember. But that actually led to Vince being on the show. I don't know if it was the next week. It was whatever show was from Little Rock. So it was either the 23rd or the 16th because it was a terrible show. I remember we had a meet. I think that was the meeting the next week where I said, let's stop calling it ECW, and that we got Vince to come on the show, and it started the New Breed Angle. So that that show changed a lot of careers, I'll just say that much, because if if it wouldn't have been as bad, I think we would have just kept going on. I think that's... I think that was what led to me getting Shawn Michaels for about two week period, or that's what led to me getting Dusty full time. So those are some episodes to check out. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think people will enjoy watching it because I don't think a lot of people did get to watch it at the time. So I think Steve Austin was on a show. I don't even remember this one at all. Um, he was on the May- March 6th episode. I don't remember that at all. So.
0: So there's some hidden gems that not even you remember.
1: I, I, uh, nothing. I got nothing. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, this is, this will be fun. I think people will, here's the thing. Can you not download the network to your phone? Like Netflix, like you can't download episodes of stuff, right? No. You have to watch streaming. God, that would be like, I would, I would download some of these. And like, as I travel or I'm at the gym, I would watch these. So I don't know if I'd sit down at my, and, and make popcorn and watch them, but you know, I don't know. So, well, we've officially killed this to death, haven't we?
0: Yep. Before we go, do you have anything to plug? No, not yet. Soon, very soon,
1: very, very, very soon. But uh, yeah, just my Twitter at Lagana, which I want to thank everybody who <laughs> I, I found those those great balls of fires pictures to be very humorous, and somehow they gained traction on Twitter. Um, had one that got like four hundred retweets, which is like nearly my high of non you know stuff I'm involved in stuff. So I I, I don't know. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was good. I like, I like, I think you had a great quote about this is exactly what sports entertainment wrestling is supposed to be. So yeah. it was, uh, I, and this is what sports entertainment ECW look like. So
0: as I see the thumbnail of Bobby Lashley jumping at a cage, what more do you want from life?
1: That uh, was a good show. Bobby Lashley, Vince McMahon, Marcus Corvon, Ariel. I mean, what more do you need from a wrestling
0: show? Yeah, you have zombies, you have vampires, you have monster mashes, it's, it's every the sandman, everything's in there.
1: When is this ECW reunion? Which actually, by the way, I did it. I did this version of ECW reunion when Dixie Carter brought in the stars of ECW into uh, when Bully was fighting her in the table show when she brought in uh, Snitsky and Zeke Zeke, because she thought these were the stars of ECW. (laughs)
0: You're
1: you're all very welcome for the very just... I don't think anybody got the the, the semblance that she didn't know that those weren't the the original ECW guys. I never
0: got that that was the point of that, and it's brilliant (laughs)
1: You're, you're all very welcome. So, uh,
0: Thanks, Dave. Of
1: course. Talk to you soon.
0: Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the
1: same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just five fifty five for a
0: medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app firehouse subs enjoy more subs save more lives participating locations limited
1: time only plus tax prices may vary for delivery